Friend, What Makes Women Feel Beautiful, the immersive teaching is coming this month, and you're invited to be one of the first to experience it, but it's not going to be open for long, so pop your email in at hillaryrushford.com slash beautiful waitlist. I'll put that link in the episode description to get all of the details and not miss this invitation. I will also be giving a live keynote speech for free. No need to book a flight, a hotel, buy a conference ticket, put on hard pants and shoes to come hear me, and you'll get a personal invitation to that when you go to hillaryrushford.com slash beautiful waitlist. And now, on with the show. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome in advance. Hi, lovely. I have so been wanting to have this conversation with you. I've been wanting to fill you in on an appointment, a beauty appointment that I had a few months back that I can't stop thinking about. And also continue a conversation I started on Instagram stories in March that led to so many DMs and I just didn't have the bandwidth at that time to kind of continue the conversation. And they intersect into our topic today. So first, let's start with the stories. So I had seen a longer video on the profile of someone that I had newly started following on Instagram. I, one of my approaches to social media, I do not follow a lot of people on Instagram. So I am on there. I enjoy my time on there, but I also am very intentional about who I consume. Oftentimes I'll see someone shared on someone else's profile. I'll follow them and then I'll just kind of pay attention over the next few, you know, days and couple of weeks. Am I really feeling encouraged by them, inspired by them? Am I really gaining something in my life from listening to or watching theirs? And um, so it's the first longer teaching that I'd seen from this person. And they were sharing about how they were newly committed to being more transparent with their audience. And I gathered that meant a variety of things, maybe transparent in the products that they were promoting and things like that. But they said in addition that it included not using filters. And filters has been something I feel like we've been talking about a lot more in the last few months, year or so, whatever, on social media. And what I shared on stories was, okay, great. If you want to not use filters, that's totally fine. However, this person, and I do not say this with any judgment, I'm just neutrally stating the facts of the circumstance. This person was wearing what I would call full beat makeup. You know, I I kind of feel like from my theater days, there's like, there's makeup and then there's full beat makeup. You know, the, the Kardashians are wearing full beat makeup. Like they've got contour, they've got lashes, they've got like, it's a whole thing. It's a little different than like, yeah, I put on, you know, a little bit of like foundation, some concealer, did my eyebrows a little bit, a little lip gloss, whatever. Um, so she is wearing full beat makeup. I guarantee you this person has done Botox, fillers, lasers, peels, again, zero judgment about absolutely any of that. And there is nothing against this woman and what makes her feel beautiful. I truly am supportive of any of us, whatever makes us feel beautiful, truly beautiful. But when you say, 
I am a filter-free channel, you're focusing on the absolute last layer, the teeny tiniest element in many cases. It's like the littlest thing you could, quote, give up to be, quote, authentic and natural without acknowledging all the many layers before that. So let's talk about filters for a minute. There's such a spectrum of filters from changing the shape of your face to changing the coloring. You know, they started back with Snapchat, I think, when we were wearing like flower crowns and, you know, being dogs with wagging tongues and whatever. So that was kind of just like the fun, playful element of it which I loved back in the day for the one summer I was on Snapchat. But now there, I would sort of categorize them into two camps. One is changing the shape of your face. And the other is doing what we do to photos. If you are a content creator, if you're putting out beautiful imagery, you're going to filter that photo. It means you're going to change kind of how much blue or yellow. You're going to add some more brightness. You're going to make it a little more soft or a little more grainy, you're going to make the photo better. You know, anytime you see a before and after with a Photoshop filter, that to me is the the filters that we are talking about 50% of the time. They're making the image look better. Then we have face shaping. Now this is the Photoshopping, which we can also go in and do on photo and video where we make her nose look thinner, we make her boobs look bigger, like whatever it is. So there's two different spectrums in this. And I heard someone very recently say that on TikTok, now I'm not on TikTok, but she said that she went on to TikTok and it auto, it has an auto filter on there for you which she is aware enough of her face that she immediately was like, wait, what? this is not my face. I just opened up my camera. I've done nothing. The image I'm staring back at me is not my face. And I am with her that that is highly concerning. That is saying that, that, that with that filter, by the way, it had changed th- some things about the shape of her face. It wasn't just saying we've auto put this filter on that's going to make it brighter if you're in a dark room so you don't have to do it afterwards. But she actually went in and was looking and was like, this is doing some slight tweaks to the, change the shape of my face to make my face look what they have determined, what society has determined is prettier. That is highly concerning. Again, this idea of changing the shape of our face. But What I want to talk about today are there's three elements when we talk about not just filters, but when we talk about our our beauty, how we see ourselves and others. First is your view of you, your view of yourself. Then there is others' view of you, what, what they are seeing of you. And then there's your view of others. Now, your view of others is what I really want to, we're ultimately going to focus on today because that then deeply impacts your view of you. If what you think others are doing is filter free, and then you look at yourself filter free and you look not at all the same, that's going to deeply impact your security, insecurity, how you feel, your measure up, et cetera, all of the unfortunate foundations that are in what I call the invisible staircase, where we are always trying to get a little bit higher, feel one step safer in the area of our beauty and appearance. What Brene Brown says is our number one area of shame, insecurity as women, 
our body image and appearance. This is the staircase we are the most insecure about and therefore it matters deeply because it is impacting all of us. So first let's talk about your view of you and filters changing your view of yourself. This is why the TikTok is concerning because it could automatically, if, if this person is correct in what they're describing, it could automatically make it where if you spend more time looking at yourself, talking to your phone, specifically as a content creator, than you do in the actual mirror, you could get more used to the way your face looks with these shape tweaks on. So I think it is very important in all aspects of our lives that we do not gaslight ourselves. We talked about gaslighting a little bit in the last couple of weeks in the book series we were talking to uh, sharing, but it is so important that we don't gaslight ourselves, which means we don't lie to ourselves. We don't try to deny the truth to ourselves. You don't want to be telling yourself that, that your face is a different shape because you were looking at the lack of reality that is a filter. I think it is so important to develop that trust in yourself. And I don't see what the value is of changing your face shape when that is not your reality. We, we do not live, thank goodness, in an alternate universe. We do not live in VR all day. You're lying to yourself. You're gaslighting yourself if you're using that to change the shape of your face. However, I do not believe that the majority of women in this audience, that that's what's happening. No one I am aware of that I follow on Instagram, have I ever clicked on their app, the the filter they're using, because you know on Instagram stories, you can see what filter someone's using. I've never clicked on that filter and then gone, whoa, this changes the shape of my face. That's not her real face. But if you do that and it changes the shape of your face, then it's transparent right there. You're like, oh, she's, her nose does not actually look like that. Is she using this filter every time I look at her? Because that changes the shape of her face. So I don't think that is what the majority of women in this community, the majority of women that I'm following are, are using with that. I think you're using filters that just make your skin look better without having to put makeup on, <laughs> that make you look a little bit less exhausted that day. They're not changing the shape of your face and those are two different things. So then we get into others view of you. I've heard Shalene Johnson say that she has had people, had guests on her podcast that are big influencers that um, have a, a very specific aesthetic and look, and that this has happened to her multiple times where the person said their camera wasn't working, something wasn't working on their camera, and therefore they couldn't be on camera for the podcast. And she's like, I have thought more than once, are they so heavily filtered on social media that they do not actually look like themselves? And if they had to come on a Zoom video for a podcast, it wouldn't look like them and that would be obvious. Now that to me, if that's the reality, is heartbreaking. Because what that person has done is brainwashed themselves into existing in this alternate reality. Like you're a half anime person. You're, you're not real. If you walk out the front door, you wouldn't be recognized. You wouldn't feel like yourself. I am more heartbroken for them than I'm concerned about their impact. I'm more concerned with them as individuals 
because that is a horrible and heartbreaking way to live. And again, I believe that most women that I am speaking to in this community are, are not, have no desire to live that dissociated with themselves. So we can acknowledge that it's happening out there, but also know it's, it's not a huge prevalent issue in the kinds of women I'm choosing to follow, associate myself with, so I can know it exists there on the fringe, but it doesn't really have anything to do with my with my beauty. It's not really changing the way I see myself. If those women are out there using a free filter instead of tens of thousands of dollars of plastic surgery to get there, it doesn't really change anything for me. What I know for me is on Saturday, Jeremy and I were in Central Park and I ran into one of you. Someone recognized us as we were walking along. A shout out to Jenny. Um, I'm, I'm me. <laughs> I would not I would not, I love any time that I run into someone. I would never, I go on wandering about the neighborhood and, and stuff all the time without makeup on even. I would not want to feel like, oh, I couldn't run into someone if I didn't have makeup on because you're so used to seeing me wear heavy makeup all the time. Now, of course, I take nicer photos with professional photographers that have a beautiful camera and they put Photoshop filters on them afterwards to make really lovely beautiful content that I'm putting out on the internet. And additionally, I have filter-free videos of me crying with no makeup on. You know, that's the spectrum. It's all me. And that spectrum exists for the vast majority of women. The people in your life have seen you without makeup on, could see you at the grocery store without that makeup on. And also you have lovely photos from your wedding, your daughter's wedding, your friend's wedding, great photographer, full makeup. Like that's, that's the spectrum. But the biggest one for me is your view of others. Because again, the, the your view of you, I don't think most women in this community are, are wildly altering the shape of their face. Others' view of you, again, I don't think you're wildly altering the shape of your face where now you can't just exist in the world and go out and have human interactions because you've created this, this false anime person um, who doesn't exist. I think, do those, do those things exist? Yes. But are they us? Are they this community? No. The biggest one for me that applies to us is your view of others and focusing on filters is such a distraction. It is the absolute top layer symptom of a root that is so much deeper, so much more insidious, so much more problematic that I, I am bothered that, I, that anyone in my world, your anger or concern or attention is focusing on the grubbly little bits, the teeny tiniest little sand grains of filters and distracting you from the real issue. So let's go back to this influencer that I uh, that was having this, this video conversation. So a filter that's obvious, as I said, like on stories, you can click it and see what it does. It's the most transparent thing we can do. I have a filter I use all the time on my stories. I just want it to be easy. I don't overthink it. I don't swipe through a bunch of filters. I just have one that's my go-to. When the light's a little bit dark, it, it's not that great. And sometimes I'm just so used to doing it that it's that I'm like, oh, I really should have done that without a filter. But it's just like, I don't want to overthink it. So it's just, it's on there. 
you can tap on that. You can see what it looks like on you. You can see exactly what it's doing for me on you. It is the most transparent thing we can do. Furthermore, it's free. It takes no time. And there are no toxins being put on your skin. It is something that makes you feel beautiful that as a tired mom, as a stressed out entrepreneur, as someone who is saving money on all the products you could have put on your face, saving the time, all the products you could have put on your face, saving saving the the toxic load of, of all the things you're putting on your face, you're saving all of that and you're just showing up to connect with some other women, feeling a little more beautiful in a completely transparent way where they can see exactly what you did. Friend, that is the least of our concerns. We cannot get distracted with topics like this. It is the the second best option anywhere out there. Now, the first best option would be to have complete peace with our skins, with our skin, and be makeup free. But I don't play in all or nothings because it leaves out the vast, vast majority of us who want to be somewhere in the middle. It shames us for the indoctrination we're been, we are under if we can't get out of it. We need help getting out from under that indoctrination. That's what we'll do inside What Makes Women Feel Beautiful, which is an immersive teaching that's opening for one week only later this month in June. But we need to undo that indoctrination and acknowledge all of the indoctrination and the pressure that we're under, which is why we may not feel comfortable going out without makeup on, why we may be insecure about our skin color or tone or texture or tightness or all of the things. And it to just say, you should be able to go filter free gaslights us into feeling like we are vain or silly for caring about this thing that has been indoctrinated for us to care about since we were kids. So we have to heal the root, not shame the symptom. And if there's something that we are going to do while we are healing that root, a filter is the absolute easiest, self, healthiest, safest, most democratized thing that we could do out there. Now, yes, healing ultimately is ideal. That's what we do inside what makes women feel, be- feel beautiful. And I wear so much less makeup than I did years ago. I am more comfortable being less made up in general. Even when I'm doing my makeup, I just do it lighter and easier than I did. I also feel pretty wearing makeup. Um, I feel confident taking care of my skin. So there is no shame in that. We aren't shaming women, again, for wanting to feel beautiful. And the the reason that I say, you know, first ideal, we just heal our skin and we're totally comfortable being around anyone with, with our completely bare face. Second best, the, the color filter. Again, we're not talking about changing the shape of our face, but the color filter. Because this influencer who says, hey guys, I just want to be so real with you. And so I'm not going to use a filter anymore. I'm thinking this influencer has a lot of money. A filter is free. A filter is the one thing any audience member following her who has no money can do to to take a step towards feeling as beautiful as her. 
The average woman spends an hour a day getting ready. Instead of getting ready, which this influencer has still done, the idea that you could just swipe on a filter instead and take that hour to rest, to sleep more, to journal, to grow, to connect with people in your life, to make income for yourself, to play. There's, there's so many better ways we could be using that time. Now, again, I'm not shaming us if we want to get ready, but I'm not applauding us for acting like the, the, the one second it took to put on the filter is us really trying to be so transparent and connecting when we spent an hour getting ready because we did not want to be so transparent to let you see our bare skin. Again, I'm not shaming you for not wanting to share your bare skin. I'm just saying we got to talk about these in order of importance. There is a whole other conversation about the toxins in our beauty products. We dive deeper in that inside what makes women feel beautiful. It is tied to our fertility rates and challenges. It is tied to racism. And as we heal overall in how we feel about our body and our beauty, we need less products, which means we can afford to choose better. We can afford to choose cleaner. We spend less money on it overall. We spend less time on it overall. But the the third best thing we could do first is healing second using the the filter you know third is is makeup and again no shame here so many of us wear makeup regularly i've absolutely no problem with it i am not vilifying it i will still continue wearing makeup but just notice if you're following women who wear a ton of makeup again no judgment whatever makes them feel beautiful but just notice Because within that, within that full beat makeup is more time, more money, and most likely more toxins. They may be using all clean, clean products, but likely that's everything that you would have to commit to, to reach that level of aesthetically what they're doing. However, I am not bothered by makeup because you can see it. You can tell when a woman is wearing makeup versus when she is makeup free, right? So I have no problem with that. The fourth layer is the one we are not talking about enough. And that is what you're getting done at the dermatologist or the skin clinic, that sort of thing. Do you notice how many celebrities these days say they haven't gotten plastic surgery? So many. So many are like, oh, no, no, I've never gotten plastic surgery. No, no, no plastic surgery on me. Because they don't need to. They don't need to. That's an outdated way of of looking beautiful. For decades now, since high school, some of them who are in their 40s now, if they were already in this industry, which most of them were, they've been going to get treatments. Things that are invisible, that are not what the media is asking them about. They're still focused on, on facelifts and plastic surgery. And These things are invisible, and here's the kicker. They are more expensive. That what they are doing is more expensive than plastic surgery. So I Googled, because I was curious, um, like a a facelift in New York City, just off of, you know, quickest Google search I could find, ten dollars to $20,000. And this brings me to the beauty consult (laughs) that I had. Whew, friend. Okay, so the backstory is, Many, many years ago, I had cystic acne. 
And I was talking about it on Instagram and I was trying to go, I was talking about it on Instagram and a a bunch of people said, go lactose free, go lactose free, go gluten free, something like that will help. And one of y'all commented and said, go see my dermatologist in Soho. I'm obsessed with her. Now, please learn from, from, from my mistakes here. The first thing I should have done was go to see a professional rather than Googling or rather turning to community. I am a big fan of professionals, and I think that as wonderful as our access to beauty education is on YouTube and social media, you also have a lot of people who are not experts telling you what has worked for them. And just because it's worked for them does not necessarily even mean that they really got to what the root was. Maybe it's coincidental. Like for me, I believe I healed my cystic acne through healing my burnout. I believe that it was the intense hormones in my body of of cortisol and adrenaline and all those stress hormones for so many years that that's what was leading to my cystic acne. But I might have been able to tell you, oh, it's this medication that I'm taking. It's this product that I'm putting on. And it wasn't through a, a series of trial and error and not going on the medication and then having stress again, et cetera, and then realizing, wait a minute, I think I was doing this to myself. I think I needed to heal my burnout. Now, I was being authentic earlier in telling you what I was doing. I wasn't wasn't making money off of anyone saying like, yeah, I went to the dermatologist. I'm on medication. I didn't have anything to gain from that. I'm just your friend trying to help. But I did not necessarily have all of the roots. I was just telling you what I'm trying now and it's working. But ultimately, if I healed my burnout, which I, I have a whole teaching on, which is way less expensive than the acne medication that I was taking for years and harsh to my system and actually heals me, et cetera. So anyways, I, someone recommends this dermatologist in Soho. I go to the dermatologist. Um, she puts me on harsh acne medication, clears up my acne. I'm going to her for years for this. And at some point I say to her, you know, if I was Jennifer Aniston, what would you be telling me to do? Like, what, what should I be doing to age gracefully? What what treatment should I be doing? I'm not even sure, like, what, what the next thing is. I originally came in because I had this very painful cystic acne. We've healed that. Now, because this is the, the way that we are all wired and indoctrinated, we ask, okay, now I fixed that about my body or beauty. What's the next thing now? Now, now how can I look even better? I lost those 10 pounds. Now, how can I lose 10 more? I lost the 10 pounds. Now, how can I tone my arms? I, you know, we just keep improving. And the, the data shows that we do this. So she said, um, like a neck laser type thing. And I'd been hearing a lot of people talk about these neck lasers. So eventually I get around to doing this. It's a three treatment thing. I do one session and then I get really busy. And then I try a couple months ago to have my assistant book me in for the second session. We cannot get a hold of them. We can't get them to pick up the phone. We can't get them to reply to email. There's no appointments on ZocDoc. I'm like so annoyed. I'm like, okay, this is just ridiculous. I just got to go to someone who actually can see me. And I'd heard someone on Instagram talk about another place that they'd went. So I said, let's let's book me in there. They do a consult first. And I was like, oh, I really respect that. Like, I really appreciate that they're willing to do this Zoom consult with me before making me go in, give me time to think about what I want to do. So I'm like, oh, that's great. So I get on the, the call with this woman, and which I also will say just as an aside, I was aware that she looked to me like someone who had had quite a lot of work done. 
And so we we need to take that information in, right? If her definition of beauty is a more extremely sculpted, perfect looking face, then I don't know if we have the same definition of what feeling beautiful is. So I did make that little mental note that I was like, this person would probably push me towards getting more stuff done than what I actually think is, is, is aesthetically pretty. And we, we all are just trying to figure out that line, right? What is enough that you feel like you look good enough? Is it just like putting moisturizer on your face at night versus doing nothing? You're like, yeah, that's good enough. Is it using the wrinkle preventing moisturizer that's a little bit more expensive? Is it getting Botox? Is it getting filler? Is it getting, you know, and we can go all the way up to like full on facelift. So so we all fall somewhere on that spectrum. If you are washing your face at night or putting on a face moisturizer, like you are on the spectrum with us. So first she recommends Botox. And the way that she's describing it, I'm thinking, you know, this seems more in depth than the past experiences I've had with Botox. Like they do this, I don't know, uh, x-ray thing of your face and whatever. And so I'm thinking, you know, maybe I need to be going somewhere, quote, better for for Botox. Maybe the, the experiences I've had in the past, maybe there is like a next level of people doing it even, quote, better, where more affluent people are going, more celebrities are going, whatever. And I want to say the cost was like, like my past Botox experiences had been in the ballpark of 400 and this was 600. So it was more, but it wasn't just astronomically more. I was like, okay, we're like in the same general realm, but maybe it's better. And maybe if you don't do that often, like, I don't know. Then I honestly can't really remember what else she said throughout this consult. I think it was, you know, some, it was a, a laser thing. Uh, I can't really remember the, the details. I have them written down somewhere, but it's really not relevant. She was saying things like, you know, the pros are you have this going for your face, you have this going, I don't know, different things about my bone structure, my skin, whatever. Like here's, here's the pros, but here's where you could improve. There's this and there's this. And so I'm taking notes as she's going, what she's describing. She's saying how much the cost of things are. Um, and she's breaking down, by the way, like the, the Botox is by like, I don't know, milliliter or like some like little tiny measurement. So I'm having to do the math as she's talking. She's not just purely saying, um, oh, this is 600. She's saying, oh, it's this much per unit. And we'd probably recommend this many units on your forehead and this many units here. And so the, the math is all broken up into these tiny little things that I'm having to add up. And I'm taking notes and I'm thinking, well, I mean, if if I was going to do Botox someplace else, and if I was maybe going to do this laser, you know, finish this laser treatment of my dermatologist, then I think she's added on one, maybe two more things. Like altogether, it's probably not that much more stuff, but I haven't ever thought about it in like one big conversation. I've never done one big consult of like, what would you do to your face over the next 12 to 18 months, and what's the cumulative cost of all of that going to be? And she's just breaking this down by thing. So we get off the Zoom call, and I get out my calculator, and I add it all up. And remember, this consult is is light, you know? I'm just like, hey, what, what can I do to age gracefully? I'm not coming in panicked. I'm not like, hey, I'm a top actress. Like, I do close-ups on screen. This matters so deeply. I, I'm just 
kind of your your average <laughs> upper middle class type woman going in being like, hey, I started this laser treatment. I can't get a hold of my dermatologist. Like, what, what would that kind of thing be? And like, yeah, what, I mean, I guess what else would you recommend, right? Light. Friend, the total cost of what she recommended was $25,000. She had casually, in 20 minutes, recommended that I spend $25,000 over the course of a year to get a few things done. And this is when I realize that Jennifer Lopez and every other woman we look at and exclaim, oh my gosh, how does she look so young? She looks amazing, right? And then we pay $50 for the serum that celebrity has come out with, which yes, I do believe in most cases they are using their own product line, whether this is Scarlett Johansson or Hailey Bieber or the Kardashians or whomever. I think they are using their own product line. On top of what I cannot imagine is anything less than $50,000 a year on lasers, fillers, peels, like who knows what. The social media filters are not the problem. Our Western beauty standards are the problem. The fact that the most beautiful women are spending $50,000 a year just on their face. Then on top of that, they have a trainer, a chef, a stylist, a tailor, the best camera lenses whenever they're doing photography or videography, all of that to make it to the top of what I call the invisible staircase, the one we are all trying to climb and thinking that 10 more pounds lost or the right serum can make us look a little better to make sure we don't go down a step in comparison to who we're around or maybe we even go up a step. And this is not in judgment of celebrities. Again, I have compassion for us all. The staircase hurts us all. Any woman who is trying to feel better We are all the same, my friend. We are all hurting from this indoctrination and none of us can ever win. It is not enough for any of us. The higher step you're on, it just means that there's more competition. Haley Bieber and Blake Lively know they got to the highest step by getting a nose job. They know they weren't naturally beautiful enough. They know they had money and help to get there, and now they've got to keep it up. And again, just to reiterate again, I am not judging any woman. I am not judging them for doing it. Their job is on the line. Sure, they have money, and you could say, well, whatever, if you, if you lose your job. But if they love what they do, this is the way the game is played. And I was in that same game in musical theater. I was the... one of the largest girls on my Broadway tour of 42nd Street many years ago at a size four. And I constantly lived in fear of being pulled aside for the talk that I saw happen to two others. I could still tell you their names to this day. The people that were a little bit heavier, a little bit rounder. And when you're going out trying to, you have to look a certain aesthetic way, that matters. Now I needed the money of that job, but also it was my dream job. 
So I, I, I was motivated to do whatever was needed to do to play the game because that's what I was passionate about. So I do not believe the answer is to try and control anyone. Do not control whether other people are using filters. Do not out celebrities for, for what they're doing. I mean, I realize I'm using examples here, but again, my heart is not to, to from, is not coming from a judgmental perspective. Inspire the change by leading it. Don't waste your time reading an article about how we're being warped by filters. Put that time into learning how to be more at peace with your skin. That's what I teach in What Makes Women Feel Beautiful coming later this month. And now that time you're investing to learn and educate and heal and rewire is actually productive. It's towards who and what we can change, which is yourself. You don't need to worry about changing those women who are using those extreme filters. You literally never can. And if you're distracted judging them for what they're doing, you're not looking at yourself. And yourself is first and foremost harming yourself. And if you are a parent or around children, then it's, it's harming the younger generation as well. What you can change is yourself, your family, your inner circle, the, the people that you can impact by being a better example. And sure, we can celebrate that, you know, recently Martha Stewart at 81 is the oldest cover model of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Sure, we can celebrate that. Maybe it's a win in expanding and celebrating beauty with age. And I believe her when she says, because she was interviewed or, you know, around this cover, that she's never had plastic surgery. I, I believe her. But if you had her money and had four decades and had been motivated because you were going to be photographed and videoed all the time, so this is a business expense because we live in a culture that is going to prize beauty and youthfulness, then friend, you too would be aging better. You would look better at 81 too, and neither of you have to have gotten plastic surgery. That's an outdated modality that celebrities keep denying truthfully because we haven't yet realized that instead of $20,000 for one facelift, they're paying $500,000 over a decade for, you know, quote, smaller, minimally invasive procedures which they all will cop to and they will say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've got a little filler. I've got like, yeah, I get Botox. Yeah, I got peels. I got, oh, I love my esthetician. I love my facialist. But it's like as a society, we haven't added all of that up to be like, you know what? That's actually way more expensive than what we were doing 30 years ago, which was getting the facelift. And yet, and yet you're making it sound like it's a smaller deal and therefore, it makes me feel like if I just buy your serum, I should be able to get to your level. I wouldn't have gone the $20,000 facelift. But if I'm thinking it's just water and exercise and gua sha and you know, your, your $50 serum that's getting you there, that is more harmful to me if I don't realize it's $500,000 of tiny little procedures. That, that a celebrity needs. And so that should not be our barometer. We need to be looking at real women. We need to be spending time in person with real women, not wearing makeup around each other, or again, wearing makeup, or again, sharing what it is we're doing at the dermatologist, because that's totally fine as long as we know. The point is that we don't know. 
And again, I don't begrudge these women for not airing it out there because we they, they want it to look like they just are naturally on that higher step. Again, no judgment there. So I left that appointment <laughs> totally rocked. I called my best friend and was like, oh my gosh, I have never actually thought how much would I spend this year to look younger? How much would I spend cumulatively over the next 10 years? How much younger will I actually look from these treatments? If I could actually see the photo of me 10 years from now, having done them and not done them, and the total price tag, would I actually feel that that was valuable enough? But we don't get those kind of before and after. We, we, we can't envision that. So it's, it's, it feels nebulous for us to be like, well, I mean, it's, it's going to make me feel a little better for now, so I'll just do a couple things. And again, maybe for you, you're like, I'm, I'm not even having these dermatology conversations. It's the serum in your, in your cabinet that's $30 versus $50. It's the second serum you're using instead of just two serums. It's that, you know, it's, it, it can be just all those small things that are adding up. How will my face look different in 10 years if I do, if I do A, very little, C, kind of this, you know, again, within your spectrum, what does very little look like to you? It doesn't have to be the same for you, me, and every woman listening. What does very little look like? What does mid-level look like? What does kind of a lot look like? what will our skin look different? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows because it doesn't, it, it's not monetarily helpful. It's not profitable for anyone to break that down. Do I think they have imaging that shows what you would look like with and without these things? Yes. But I don't think they're going to show you that unless it's the most extreme cases where you're like, ooh, yikes. Okay, that is bad. Yes, take my money. I do not want to look like that. But if it's moderate, if it's minimal, and there's a higher price tag associated, then it's going to make us realize we shouldn't be investing in it. That means we don't make people money. We are not profitable. Our piece is not profitable. This is what I feel like is so missing in the conversation about what makes women feel beautiful. That almost everyone that is trying to help us feel more beautiful has a vested monetary interest in us feeling less beautiful, not enough, needing to fix, needing to improve, and you do those things again and again and again and again. They're not a one-time investment. So I feel like it is revolutionary that I'm over here being like, how about for a one-time investment, I can give you education that will save you tens and tens of thousands of dollars while bringing you more peace and ease and joy and time and all the things. But we really haven't had that option available to us in beauty. Everyone else is trying to help us, is trying to sell us something. We got to keep purchasing year after year, and we've got to purchase because it, we don't feel good enough about ourselves now. And, and if we stop, we're going to stop feeling good about ourselves, as opposed to, I want to help you get to the root of the indoctrination so that you actually feel better. And now you need less. And the more you heal, the less that you need. 
So I have this conversation with my friend, but for now, I I punted the decision. (laughs) The truth was I'm way too busy in this season for an appointment. This was before my brother-in-law's accident. Uh, There's just been so much happening in our lives that it was like, oh, there was a a quiet season in January where I was like, you know, I'll get some things done for the year. And then once that window was gone, it was like, never mind. (laughs) I'll get back to it in a few months. So I punted it just because I literally don't have the time to go to the appointment. It's not a priority for me. And I also was like, I need more time to sit with that question. Like every serum, facial, makeup application appointment, how much would I spend a year to look younger? I've never thought about that line item on my budget before. And we're going to talk in the coming weeks here about how much we do spend on our clothes, our face and beauty, and weight loss. It's pretty staggering when you add it all up. Um, But what I'll say for today is that what I've learned over the last decade plus of asking this question of exploring what makes women feel beautiful, and I'm going to pass on to you in this new teaching that's coming soon, it saves you money. It saves you so much money. It makes you need less while feeling better. But in the meantime, let's have compassion for all of us. Every woman is being told by society that she needs to look better and thus spend more time and money to do so. And the women who have the most time and money, like, you know, the Kardashian example of people who are, their full-time job is to look beautiful. That's how they make money, by being the most beautiful. So they have the most time and the most money are also spending the most time and the most money to get to that step, to stay on that step, and... All that time and money is still not enough even for them because every couple weeks, one of them is getting called out for some Photoshop fail. And those are only the ones that they got, got, quote, caught using. And again, I'm not judging them. I Listen, I don't walk around feeling badly for the Kardashians like every day, but I do have compassion for them. Their whole relevance is on being the most beautiful, which means they have to stay the most beautiful. And the standard that society has set, they can't even get to as billionaires with a full-time job of doing it. They are still photoshopping themselves. They are still putting filters on. They are still wearing shapewear. Friend, you can have a professional trainer and chef who are at your house. You can have all of the medical treatment. You can need no other job other than to make your body look good. And you still need shapewear? That's like, are we not putting the two and two together? Their bodies with that full time are still not good enough. They still need shapewear. And now that is the million dollar empire on top of it. You actually have more in common with the most beautiful women in the world than you think. We are all exhausted and chasing a finish line that never comes. We are all exhausted and chasing a finish line that never comes. So this month, we are going to be stepping off the staircase and into what I call the garden, where we not only 
save money and time. We find more joy, more peace, more rest, and are kinder to ourselves and others. We give more compassion to ourselves and others. In the meantime, friend, use that color filter on social media so that instead of doing your makeup to work from home, where you weren't going to see anybody the rest of the day other than those two minutes, you can pop on your social media and teach and feel beautiful with less work. Like just whatever is healthier and easier for you that makes you feel more beautiful, I'm here for. I am here for. If this resonates with you, my friend, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode. I am so deeply passionate about the fact that this is, this is what we need to be talking about. We are getting focused on the wrong things and it leads us to spending even more money, feeling even worse about ourselves. Please share this with a friend. Have them listen chat about it. Have a conversation afterwards. Be like, hey, I'd love, I'd love to talk about this after you listen to this. Share it with your followers. I'd love you to, to DM me after you, you listen. What are your thoughts? What are your reflections? Leave a review on this episode so that a stranger knows to listen, whether to this episode or the show in general. But if you feel like, if you are with me, that this feels like something we need to be talking about and thinking about more often, then, then please share it. I, I can only do so much. You have to be part of this as well in order to create that change. We create change, you and I, by just passing on better feeling beliefs and teachings that feel right in our soul. And we just pass that on one at a time. I don't know your mama. I don't know your best friend. Wait, I haven't met your sister yet. I don't know all the women that are in that mom's Facebook group that you're in or that are following you on Instagram. So I'm sharing this with you and now it's up to you to pass the message on. That's how we become the change. And just by being here and listening today, you're invited to be a part of it, but now it's whether or not you share it you live it out and you go deeper that truly makes you a part of this movement, this healing, this breakthrough, and we need you. I am so grateful you're here. Thank you in advance. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is being in the company of women. So we were just on set filming last week. Um, If you're part of my Instagram stories VIP crew, you know that there was a real sound disaster with the venue. They should not have rented us this venue. It was not um, an appropriate place for filming video. And it was just, it was just a wild couple of days. Um, But while I felt so drained afterwards because of just everything that I was having to problem solve and and juggle in the moment and just, just everything that was being asked of me, I also realized that I felt a sense of, of renewal because of being on set with women for a few days. I mean, most of, you know, I'm, I'm home by myself working from home, my husband um, and my male, male kitten are in the other room. And I had a uh, hairstylist, makeup artist, and a set runner that were three of the loveliest, kindest, sweetest, most supportive women. And no shade to the guys, our, our cinematographer, 
and and sound guy were men. My husband um, was was on set to be an extra set of hands. But I thought, gosh, this is so nice to be around so many other women. We then also had a, a, a florist and her assistant were uh, were both women. Then there was a photographer and her assistant were both women. And specifically the hair and makeup gals, they are, they're friends. They get to work together a lot on shoots and they recommend each other. And so they, because you kind of come in and there's women that already have that relationship, you know, you just fall in more deeply because they've already been friends for years. And I just thought in so many little moments throughout how busy those days were, I thought these women are just here to support me. And my winning feels like winning to them. When my hair looks better, they feel like it's a win for them. When my makeup looks better, when I get through that shot more cleanly, when I when someone hands me some water so that I can can take a sip, like they were just being so sweet and thoughtful, being like, "Do you want more water? Do you want a snack?" Like, and I thought, oh "My gosh, this is so kind that you're just thinking about me, but you're also thinking the more you win, the more we win." The, the, the better, more beautiful things we create here, this is something we're a part of. We want to create beautiful things. So the more you shine, the, the more we all shine. And that's just so the, the ethos of the garden party and this energy of creating this community of women, this private um, community that you get annual membership in when you join uh, What Makes Women Feel Beautiful. And I've gotten to experience that already because the garden party started back in November. And so I've gotten to see already this energy of the women turning there and saying, I'm realizing I'm turning to you guys before I'm even going to my friends because I just know there's such support and empathy and encouragement here. And I know you're such a safe space because you have the wisdom and the tools and the teaching from Hillary that, that I have as well to remind me of what I know and pour it back into me. And just this real sense of the more you win, the more we all win. I just, oh, it just made me so happy as well as second thing I'm loving lately is just gardens in general. I, it took me four days to recover from that two day shoot. Um, because I have found often that that is what happens in burnout. We cannot just get one good night of sleep and we are back. I'd been working really hard up into that shoot and it took me multiple days to restore back into, okay, I feel like I have my normal energy now. And I did that in part by being outside. Jeremy and I went to Central Park over the weekend. We were down um, in uh, Dumbo, Brooklyn, which is a beautiful like waterfront area. And I just kept thinking, you know what? This feels like it is the perfect time to be launching this teaching after a decade. And it could have fallen at any time. And I was not intentional about it being late spring, early summer for any of those energetic reasons. But it's one of those like, okay, universe, it just feels like the things are aligning, that the the sun is coming out. We're all out wandering and sitting in parks and resting literally and and metaphorically and physically in gardens, in nature, as we all do, as we get into that late spring, that early summer, there is this, this hope and rest and beauty and ease in our souls once we sort of come out of winter and of darkness and we get to be out in sunshine in nature more often. 
And that same je ne sais quoi, that same energy and feeling is what we have in the garden party. It's what we have in what makes women feel beautiful. So there is more of that goodness coming soon. And I am so grateful for the providential timing of that and of you being here. So I will see you back here to continue this conversation on bodies and beauty next Your Welcome Wednesday. In the meantime, I'll see you over on Instagram with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.